You play John Lennon every time you want to make me vulnerable. Thank you for that, Jason. It's a tactic I do. Yeah. I know. I know. We are now in studio with Paolo Murillo, is the correct way to say it. Murillo, if you're uh, Anglo-Saxon, <laughs> from WeHo Times. Welcome, Paolo. Hello. Welcome, everyone. So I know, I was. Uh, we were talking during the break. I remember first reading your column in Fab Magazine. And what was the name of your column? It was called Love You Mean It. Um, it was in Fab uh, newspaper and... And it was pretty trashy. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a trashy little throwaway bar yes. rag, right? But your column was so profound because you were a very—I don't even know what your age was. You were a very young, young, Ish. youngish gay gay club kid at the time, and you wrote in such a raw, emotional way about your own thoughts and feelings about being gay, about being in the clubs, about rejection, about isolation. I I, I was glued to reading your column every time it came out. This is actually before blogging it's back when you know columnists were cool it was back when like sex in the city was huge and uh i just wanted my picture in the paper <laughs> that's how it started and um i was just sharing stories and i wasn't really thinking about the reader i was kind of like you know putting things out there and i thought if i'm honest about my experience one person is bound to relate to what i was writing and actually a lot of people related a lot of people didn't like what i was writing when you have an opinion when you um, paint yourself in not the best light right there's going to be some well and you were very apt about it you were very out about unsafe sex you were very out about drug use you were very out about the bitchy little fights you and your friends were getting into yes <laughs> I, see what i remember and this was like what 20 years ago wow, or, yeah, wow. i remember reading these stories you're amazing right you obviously had an impact on me <laughs> i would look forward to your stories the crazy years west hollywood yes yeah and you had just moved into west hollywood no i, I the first time i came into west hollywood was like 91 okay i uh i took a bus from inglewood i'm a scrappy little inglewood little <laughs> I, I love that <laughs> so and uh yes I, I took a bus to 212 on la brea and I got off on Santa Monica and uh, and La Brea actually, and and walked all the way from La Brea to Boys oh, yes. Town. And oh back my then, God, that's a two mile walk. Back then, if you were seen anywhere between La Brea, you and, were a hooker. And Dohina, yeah, you were a hooker, and you were gay, guaranteed gay, guaranteed. <laughs> that's, that's true. Yes. Yeah. And yes. so that was your first entree into gay I, life. Yes, well, and I I walked into Circus of Books, which closed. Okay, it, it did. <laughs> I actually gave them a commendation when yes, they closed. I was there. Yeah, that's right. You were there. You were there. <laughs> So it's 91, and, and Bill Clinton's running for president, and you're this new little club kid stumbling into WeHo. Yeah, I was an arena little cha-cha queen at the time. <laughs> I love the arena. First, <laughs> that was my first gay bar. The arena, arena was a great place. Arena Jean LaPietra, yes, yeah. and Circus Disco, yeah. 18, 18, they had 18 and older night on Fridays. Mm-hmm. So, so I was always, we would go to the game, Lesbian Center, they had like a, like a youth rap, rap group on, um, on, I believe it was Highland, and uh, I forget the street, but it's a building in the corner, nothing like what you have now. It's like amazing, the growth. Right. And we would have, have like the little rap groups and then go to arena dancing afterwards. So, you know, experiencing gay life and, you know, being from Inglewood, I went to Inglewood High. I mean, once you go, I mean, you can live in Inglewood, but if you go to Inglewood High, like that's like the real deal. It's, it's pretty scary. <laughs> being gay and skinny. and uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Inglewood High was primarily Latino and African-American yes. kids, right? Uh, majority black, actually. Majority yeah. black school. Yeah. All right. So here you are, you're a young little 18, 19, 20-year-old in West Hollywood, and you hit upon the party scene. Yes. Yeah. And uh, then at some point, the party turned south. Well, you know, you, you turn 21. Actually, I wasn't 21 when I took my first drink, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you basically, you come of age, you, you, come, you come into the gay community, and someone hands you a cocktail and basically says, welcome, you have arrived. You know, so drinking. 
And of course, drinking leads to drugging. And, you know, I was a party boy. I liked to have fun. I liked energy. I liked, you know, I liked after hours. I loved to dance until my back hurt. There was nothing more glamorous and <laughs> more like uh, poetic than like walking out of an after hours like it's dark and people are going to church and you're just like. The sun's coming up sweat. and yes. you still got last yeah, night's outfit yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> walking down Santa Monica. <laughs> that must have been a pretty sight. Santa Monica Boulevard. Yes. The sun comes up over Santa Monica Boulevard. Yeah. They should have included you in a verse this earlier. Bike, this bike used to have after hours and I remember just seeing the shirtless guys all drenched and sweating just cracked out and um, that was a Sunday morning. Those were the days. Yes. Those were the days. <laughs> they sure were. So I think that you're very public about it. At some point you, you bottomed out on the alcohol Oh my and God, drugs. yes. It was so not about partying or having fun or being out with your friends. It was dark. Yeah. It was dark. It was... Uh, I mean, so, you know, we're talking about crystal meth because, you know, drinking led to, you know, cocaine and cocaine led to crystal meth. And crystal meth gave me energy. It gave me energy to dance all night long and it kept me up for three days. So I was like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And I was never out to destroy myself. I was out to have fun and, you know, just live it up and, and kind of make up for like a shitty Oops, sorry. That's all right. Childhood. <laughs> that one you can get away with. There are certain words you cannot get away okay. with on the air. That one's okay. That was bound to happen in this session. Um, so so I was entitled. I didn't know that at the time, but I was entitled. I'm like, the world owes me. I want to have fun, and all I care about is fun, fun, fun. And like towards the end, it wasn't about fun, obviously. What did it become? Uh, very dark. Um, it was not about you know going dancing anymore. Like uh, for a while, our friends we would humor each other and 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 start off drugging, and then we'd go to bars, and then we'd like vanish, and then like maybe run into each other at a bad house or whatever. And uh, and it was not. I mean, like addiction, like physical addiction, the self betrayal of no more, no more, and you're back at it, and no more, no more, and that gravitational pull of like how am I here again three days later mm -hmm. like the calendar like the, the days are blacked out like like they don't exist it would be Thursday night Friday night and then like you come to like Sunday night and it's like what happened to you know to the weekend it was gone so so it was dark and I wanted to stop and I didn't know how to stop I had like I was a communist my picture was in the in, in the papers and I didn't have um, the courage uh, to just basically raise my hand and ask for help mm. so so I bought him. Basically, I was in my apartment and I had a panic attack and I thought I was having a heart attack. Mm. I thought I was having like like a seat, like something was happening. My fingers froze. I felt all tingly and um, and I thought I'm dying. Mm. You know, I didn't sign up to die from this. You know, it was about fun and this isn't fun anymore. So I was like, I'm gonna die tonight. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna get help, but it ends tonight. Mm. And that's the last time I did crystal math. And how long ago was that? Oh my God, twelve years. Uh, January. <laughs> I'm a New Year's baby. January 12th, 10th is uh, my my um, my sober anniversary. Wow! And it's my first time getting sober. Something worked for me. I don't know what it was, but you know. And what was it? Twelve step meetings, friends. Um, or? Basically, I you know I went into I, I landed in the hospital because I thought I'm dying. I dialed 911. You know, I thought they were going to send an ambulance to send the police. <laughs> Cause, <laughs> cause Oops. I said, <laughs> I said crystal mass. So you know, the police came in to make sure that I wasn't dangerous and. Uh, and uh, they took me into Cedar Sinai, and I just could not stop crying. Mm. I was bawling because I'm like, this is it. It's over. Like, I need help. And I didn't know how to get help. And the whole idea of, like, rehab, like, seemed impossible to me. You know, I mean, this is 2007, keep in mind. In 2007, that's the year that Britney Spears went bonkers and shaved her head. That's the year that Anna Nicole Smith uh, died of a drug overdose. That's the year that um, that um, Amy Winehouse came out with a song where it was popular in the U.S. So that, I, you know, I wanted, you know, they tried to make me go to rehab, but I said, no, no, no. So, uh, 2007... 
I just didn't think that rehab was possible for me. I, I couldn't afford it, you know. And I was in the hospital, and this woman, her, Jane, she's a nurse, um, she gave me a list of rehabs that, that were, you know, uh, funded by the, the county, and the Van Ness Recovery House was oh. on top of that list. And Don Kilhefner, the founder of the Van Ness Recovery that, House, was my first guest. Know, <laughs> Isn't that amazing? amazing? See how we did that, everyone? We just tied the beginning of the show <laughs> to the end of the show. Wow. So you went to the Van Ness House. I went to the Van Ness Recovery House. I'm thinking 28 Days, because Sandra Bullock had that movie, 28 Days. Right. <laughs> so I thought, you know. I love how there's a pop culture <laughs> reference to all parts of your life. I love that. 28 Days. I thought, they're going to fix me in 28 Days. I was not signing up to, like, you know, I was like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to continue drinking. I'm going to stop doing drugs. It'll be fine. And and it just did not work out that way, obviously, you know. Yeah. I stayed. People started dying, and it scared me. I was in the Venice Recovery House, and I saw people die, yeah. you know. And that's when I was like, this is no joke, you know. So initially, I was in there for 28 days. It's a 90-day program. And I was like, 90 days? I'm like, oh, my God, you know. I can't. I just can't. Um, I stayed, you know. And my reasons for being sober then have evolved. My reasons for being sober now are different, you know. And and yeah. uh, it like the Venice Recovery has it saved my life and so many so yes. many others. It's such a great and amazing place. When we come back from commercial, I want to talk a bit about fentanyl and what's oh, yeah. happening with fentanyl and cocaine and meth and the impact it's having on gay people. So, cool. And then we'll talk about WeHo Times because uh, oh, you, yeah, yeah. your, your publication <laughs> is so amazing. That's right. That's Gang, right. we're going to go to commercial break. Thanks for tuning in to uh, Sidebar with John Duran here on Channel Q. You're really going for the jugular with me, Jason. I can see clearly now. I don't remember who sang it, but it's a beautiful, beautiful song. I believe it's Johnny Nash. Johnny Nash. Yeah. I can see clearly now. Awesome. We are in studio with Paulo Murillo, Paulo Murillo, a.k.a. Uh, the editor of the WeHo Times. And thank you for spending your morning with us, Paulo. Thank you for having me. <laughs> where, so where we left off, you bottomed out, you got sober. Uh, and then did you keep writing? After that, uh, it was weird because I, you know, like I was my voice. My voice was snarky. My voice was, you know, like, like bitchy. Yeah, it was bitchy. Cut a bitch down. <laughs> yeah, you know. So you get sober, and and you like I did not sign up to be a better person. I just wanted sobriety. Right. I thought I could still be a shitty person and just be sober, and it just doesn't work that way. Right. You know. Yeah. You learn tools. Uh, you hear stories. You start to hurt. You know. You start mm, to suffer. feel feelings. Yes, right. feelings like were like the worst. No, like, that's feelings what I was... were like treasures. You buried them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that sounds like Kathy Watt from the Recovery House. She's been on the show a couple of times, actually. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So you, you lost that voice, but you ended up bringing forth a new voice. Well... That voice is still in there. It still lingers, and and uh, especially with the personal stuff. I mean, I can still be uppity. I can still, you know, keep it real. But I I don't come for people like I, I like I used to. I don't. My intentions are different this time. Yeah. Around for people listening in, uh, 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 Paolo is the editor and publisher of WeHo Times, right? WeHoTimes dot com, and yes. that's your thing. That's your new voice. My in new essence. voice. Yes. Yeah. It's hard. It's a lot of work, you guys. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> but it's where you landed and where you ended up. That is so it's amazing. Cool. It's, it, to do it for yourself, it's just it's just awesome. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Yes. You have been running a recent series of stories around fentanyl because fentanyl has become a major issue in the gay community. Maybe you can tell people a little bit about what the issue is. Well, the issue is people are dying from fentanyl. Uh, cocaine, crystal meth is laced with fentanyl, and it's scary. Like, you die in, what, 45 seconds? Yep, yep, yep. 45 seconds. It's, um, it's definitely... It's definitely going to be a, a, a huge issue with uh, gay pride coming up and gay season and summer and pool parties and people doing drugs and not really um, 
not really knowing what they're taking. Look, when I was doing drugs, it was already, it's scary to me to think back because I would do total strangers. I would do whatever they put yes. in front of my nose. Total strangers. I didn't question what, that could have been yeah. sugar. You, don't, you don't know what's in it. Yeah. You don't You don't know what it's laced with. And and the, this thought that, you know, that, that drugs, especially like, to me, like cocaine was like harm reduction. Cocaine yeah. was a lesser evil of crystal meth. You ah, know? A lesser form. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. So did cocaine kept you up for three hours? You know, crystal meth kept you up for three days. Right. So this idea that you're doing cocaine and that it could kill you, it's it's flabbergasting. But that's what we're seeing. We're seeing overdoses in West Hollywood and other parts. And it's uh, fentanyl being laced in crystal and in and coke. And people don't realize it when they're doing it. They just uh-huh. think they're doing blow like they would any other weekend. And they're not waking up. So the Center and AIDS Project Los Angeles now have testing strips available. Yes. Yeah. And that's actually just in time for Gay Pride, I think, where yes, people yes, can yes. test their drugs. That's the harm reduction to make sure it's safe for consumption. See, you know, like the thing is, like, we need to call it for what it is. It's death reduction. When I think of yeah. harm reduction, I think you're going to break a leg, you're going to, right, you know, you're right, going right. to break an arm, you know, like this is death reduction. You die from this. Like there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like this is death reduction. Harm reduction, like back when I was going through it was, you know, drink Gatorade, which to this day I cannot touch. It's so gross to me. <laughs> drink Gatorade, eat a banana, tell your friends where you're going. Like that was harm reduction. Today, like you have to do this. Otherwise, you're going to die. Yeah. Period. Yeah. You know, cocaine, crystal meth, it doesn't matter, you know, and uh, and it's really scary for the people that, that aren't addicts, that are just like, you know, casual users, weekend, weekend users, warriors. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, people that are experimenting, like that could take you out. And it's not even like, like it's happened. We've seen it. It's happened. It's happening. So, uh, so death reduction, I yeah. think we need to call it for what it is. You yeah, know? and just in time, because I mean, people are listening to this right now in 23 cities across the country. Uh-huh. It's Pride Month coming up. You know, Apollo and I, uh, we're, we're sober. We, neither of us do the party like we used to. Uh-huh. But if you're going to party, just get some testing strips. I mean, that, that's the message, I think. You know, um, so the testing strips, the way they work is you, you dilute it in water, you dip a stick into it, and, it, and it, it's kind of like a pregnancy test. Right. It, it comes up a certain color. It's yes, got fentanyl like in one, it. One line or two lines, right. uh, positive, negative. You know, have you ever heard of the term uh, carpet farming? No. <laughs> I'm about to learn something. What is so that? So carpet farmers are basically tweakers that, like, uh, they're tapping the carpet looking for residue, oh. crystal meth. Oh, my God. Uh, I've never heard that. And I, I have to be honest. I've done my share of carpet carpet farming in my days you know <laughs> so so for me like i think what needs to be addressed is like one of the concerns that i have is when you have people tapping the carpet to get residue are they are they going to do drop uh, uh, you know a chunk of their stash into, into this water, water and test it but i guess they can they can drink it probably yeah i guess There's i guess if you wanted to you could still take it that way yeah right, rather than through the nose so <laughs> this is us we're trying to be efficient about the illegal <laughs> drug use <laughs> it's you know like that the thing is like we're not trying to get you sober we're not trying to get you into, into we just don't want you to die we don't want you to die yeah. you yeah. know that that we is don't, the message that's, that's the thing it's like uh like the center and the people that are involved in and this you know this program to get people to just test your drugs to make sure it's not going to kill you like this isn't about you know like it's not an intervention we're not trying to get you into 12 steps we're not trying to ruin your party like if you need to party do your thing boo but please like just test it yeah. make sure it's not going to kill you yeah very very true so we know we got a lot of really young millennials listening right now you are an inspirational story because you went from this 19 year old kid on the bus from Inglewood <laughs> to the editor of the WeHo Times and had a big journey along the way what would you tell a young person who's out in a small town listening in today 
oh my God, what would I tell them in regards to what? Life, life's life, journey. Life is a journey and it's all about evolution. And so, you know, like at some point you need to grow up and you need to, you know, basically, okay, so what's phase two, what's phase three? It's phases, you know? You grow up and you evolve and, and don't get stuck. Don't get stuck in one place. Um, don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> don't do drugs. But if you're going to do drugs, be safe and be smart about it. And, you know, and uh, th there's definitely more resources today than there was when I was out there doing my thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, when I was out there, there was like no, like I didn't know that you could quit. You know, like there was like it was hopeless and helpless. And and uh, so, so look, if you're if you have a problem, you know, do your research. It's everything's out there. You know, uh, I don't know. I guess I would tell you, you're going to be fine. And especially today, in today's day and age, it's it's a little easier to be gay. You know. Yeah, we got a guy running for president who happens who to I be. Who I just saw last night at the <laughs> Abbey. Oh, oh, very cool. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, did you get a chance to talk to him? Is he I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but I got a ton of pictures of him, and uh, he's a rock star. I, I'm really, I love that he's doing it. I hope you know he makes it to the very end. I hope he becomes president. That would be amazing. Wouldn't he's smart. Be, he is very smart. And if he doesn't become president, maybe Secretary of Health and Human Services. Are there other cabinet positions? The, the fact that they're on the cover of Times, yes. and and the, the the headline is you know the the first. The first couple, first first family, first family. Yeah. That I mean, that's a win right there. He yeah. won. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming by. It was amazing. Sidebar. We should do this again. I would love to in. have you back. And yes. I, I think the challenge right now is either you get an interview with Mayor Pete for WeHo Times, <laughs> or I get him in studio. We need to amazing. have a competition. We'll, right. get, we'll get we'll get him. Let's uh, compete here. All right. <laughs> Short break, gang. You're listening to uh, Sidebar with John Duran here on Channel Q.